we're glad to be sharing the ministry of Redemption Church with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. Means all. Will you look at somebody and say, all means all? All means all. Do we understand what all means? We, we should understand what all means. If I had $10 in my wallet and I gave all of the money in my wallet to you, how much would you have received? $10? Yeah. What if I gave you nine and called it all? That's not quite right, right? It's close, but no cigar, right? It's not quite it. That's not, that would not have been all. That is not all that was in your wallet. There is a, there's even a dark story in your Bible somewhat about this situation. Somebody said they gave all and they had not quite given all. Anybody know the, the can we name that couple? Look at y'all Bible whizzes. I love it. Ananias and Sapphira in the book of Acts chapter 5. All right. They, they sell some property and then they claim to give all the money to God. But in Acts 5, we learn that they did not give all. They gave some, but they wouldn't back off their claim that they gave all. They wanted, they wanted uh, the credit of giving all, but not the cost of giving all. And that did not end well for Ananias and Sapphira. It's really a dark, scary story, and we're not going to spend any more time on it. So for y'all that were nervous about that, and we're not going to take up an offering. We're not going to say like, can you give all that's in your bank account today? That's not what we're doing either, all right? Somebody, my dad's really happy about that. But I, I, I just want to put you your, your heart at ease right there. We're not after all that's in your checking account tonight, all right? But I do want to talk about all today. I want to tell you that all means all. We can get in trouble for announcing that we gave God all, but then we're only giving him some. And beware that pride to take credit for all when you're only giving some. In Acts chapter 10, the apostle Peter is preaching to a group of people called Gentiles. These are the first people to convert to Jesus that were not Jewish. That's what Gentile means. They are not Jewish. They are not from the physical lineage of Abraham. You follow that? So these are the first people ever to come to Jesus Christ that were not Jews, they were Gentiles. And this is in Acts chapter 10. And in that chapter, he says these words, verse 36. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. He's Lord of what? He's the Lord of all. And he's saying there, this message was sent to Israel. It began in Israel. It was Jesus. He even said himself that he came for the lost sheep of Israel. It began this message with Israel. But it must reach 
beyond the people of a certain nationality. It must reach beyond the people of a certain racial lineage. It must reach beyond a people of a certain skin color. Is that still how God feels about this? Yeah, Yeah, it is not limited to red, yellow, black, and white. But he is Lord of all. Here is why. Here's why. Because Jesus is Lord of all. He can't be Lord of all if he's Lord of only white people. He can't be Lord of all if he's only Lord of the Baptists. Right? All these little little squares and little compartments we have for people. He is not, he can't be Lord of all if he's only Lord of the rich folk. He can't be Lord of all if he's only Lord of the people that can sing really good. He is Lord of all. Did Peter really mean that? Yes. I want you to know Peter really meant that and the Bible really meant that. Jesus is Lord of all. That means he's not just, a, not just the Lord of a few, not just the Lord of a Jew, but also the Lord of a Gentile, he is Lord of all. Romans chapter 10, verses 12. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all all, and richly blesses all who call on him. Are you telling me, pastor, that if I call on him, he'll hear me? That's exactly what I'm telling you. But pastor person on the internet, you're far away from God, you, you've, you've not been in church a long time, you're probably like, yeah, probably those people, but not me. No, all, all. means all. all. When the Lord hears a call, he hears the call of all. all. The call of all. Everyone say, Lord of all. Lord of all. In fact, no one fulfills the requirements of all like Jesus. I have tried to fulfill the requirements of all, all my children, not the TV show. Is that still on? I don't even know. Yes, somebody, sorry. But but my kids are like, can we do this? Can we do this? And there are not enough hours in the day or enough strengths in my body to get us through that. I can't be the, I'm not even, I'm not even enough to be all for my wife. I fall woefully short. I'm so sorry, dear. And I'm definitely not all for you. All is exhausting. I don't think anybody, one of us can say that we've been all. Be all that you can be in the army. Isn't that what the the slogan was? None of us can measure up to all, but Jesus does. Only Jesus fulfills the requirement of all. In John chapter 1, we love that chapter. Verse 3, it says this, through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. What did he make? All All things. Just a few things. Just the things on planet earth. No, all the things. All the things in the universe he created. The things that you have not yet seen, he created them. Your grandchildren that are not yet born, they are not even glimmers in their dad's eyes, the saying. They're they're created by him already. He has created all things. Who else can say they've done that? Colossians chapter 1 verse 16. The son is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation. That means he is Lord over all of creation. 
That means he's the inheritor of all creation. That means he is the one that holds the reign and the power of the firstborn. And he does it over all creation. Moving on, it says, for in him, all things were created. Things in heaven. Things on earth. Visible and invisible. This is quite the resume. Has anyone created anything invisible lately? I'm working hard to even come up with something visible I've created lately, right? But Jesus Christ has created all things in heaven. Anybody create anything in heaven? No. We're working on earth. On earth, he's created all things on earth. Visible and invisible. If you can see it, he's created it. If you can't see it, he created it. What? See that thing over there? No, that thing you don't see over there. He created it. That's what it says. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. Do you understand that it was the throne of Rome that told him to carry a cross? Do you realize that it was the authority of a governor? And it was a high priesthood lying about him. Do you realize that it was... That it was the power of guards that nailed the nails in his hands. But he created them. All thrones, all powers, all authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. That means he was actually using Rome like a chess piece. Do you realize that? It was for him. And he used it for him, for you. It's for you that he went to the cross and he did it all for you verse 17 he is before all things I have trouble I used to really kind of freak out I had this time in my life where I I just told my parents there's this picture of a kid in here I don't know who it is and they said well that's you and I'm like oh, I think I remember that I'm wearing a diaper. I would never pose for such a picture. This is before what I can remember. I don't, I don't buy that, right? I had trouble with what's before. I want to tell you, it's easy to have trouble with what's before, but I want, I want to tell you, Jesus is before all things. That means he's before the bad mistake you made. He's before the time you said the thing that you wish you could take back. He is before that time you stole and you feel guilty about it. He is before that time you started that drug addiction. He is before those things and he still created you. He is before all things and he's created all things and he is for all things and all things are through him all, all, all. That means you. And, And it finishes... And in him, verse 17, Colossians 1. And in him, all things hold together. That's, that's the one I just can't even imagine. They, if, you, if you knew something about, about science right here, like we're made of atoms and atoms are somehow the building block of a whole world. And you, you can't even hardly see an atom. I, I've never actually seen an atom. They've got these scientific level microscopes that say they can see atoms. Here's the thing. They're pretty much invisible. And somehow we're made of millions and billions of atoms. And 
And have you ever dropped a bag of marbles or ice on the ground and it just goes everywhere? I picture our atoms a little bit like that. They could just go everywhere. What if your atoms just started spilling out? That would be so unsanitary. But Jesus holds all things together. What's making you, the building blocks that's making you, he holds together. The problems that you can't get right, if you will let him tonight, he will hold those things together. He holds all things together. Somebody say, would you hold this for me? Have you ever just had too much to hold and you just say, can you carry this for me? Can you hold it? You can do that to the Lord. He holds all things. Everything you got, you can put it in his hands. He holds all things. He went to all the cities and preached, Jesus did. All of them, he didn't. It says all. It's like he didn't miss one of those. Some of those cities were like, ugh, make fun of those cities, right? Even one of his disciples made fun of Nazareth. Huh, can anything good come from Nazareth? Yeah, and, and what is good has gone to every one of the cities. He's gone to all, all the cities. He preached in all the synagogues, not just the big ones, the small ones. It is said repeatedly that all the people were healed. All means all, right? Can you imagine just a whole slew of six people of sick people? We have a story of what was it? Twelve lepers? Is it twelve lepers? How many of them were? Ten. Thank you. Ten. No, there was another time he hit two more. All right. <laughs> thank you. That's why I asked. I wasn't sure. It's off the top of my head, it's ten. And were they all healed? Yeah. Yeah, they were all healed. Everybody that wanted healing from him got it. Yes. He healed all. Great multitudes. Big multitudes of people. All of them healed. What about hungry multitudes? Yeah, a multitude of 4,000 and a multitude of 5,000. And how many did he feed? All of them with just a little bit. He's able to do all. He, he, he's good with all. How is that possible that he can do all these things? Well, Jesus tells us, Matthew 19, 26. Jesus looked at them and said, with man... This is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Matthew 28, 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Luke 10 and 19. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. 1 Corinthians 15, 28. Now when all things are made subject to him, then the son himself, Jesus, will also be subject to him, the father who put all things under him, that God may be all in all. Man, I don't have much time to tell you this, but listen up. Here it is. 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 Can God do anything? course he can do anything however how can an eternal god ever hunger don't steal my sermon from me here how can a how can an eternal god ever experience weakness how can a god who is the source of all breath breathe his last 
I want to tell you something that Jesus inside the incarnation fulfills some things that God the Father could never fulfill outside of the incarnation. Oh, come on, somebody. You get that? You get that? You get that? God wanted to win all victory. And so he put on a human body because there were some victories that could only be completed in the flesh. And so he went and he walked on earth and he defeated all sin. It said he convicted all sin. He condemned all sin in the flesh. He did it. And then, and then he went and did all these good things. And then he breathed his last and he died. And he went into a grave so that he could rise again, defeating what? Death, hell, and the grave. And now get this. There's all this collection of victories that Jesus completed in the flesh. And he drags them under God. They are now all completely under God. And in this way, it is all in all. Is that what it says? That God may be all in all. God has every victory in and out of the flesh, in the spirit, and in, 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 in humanity. He has all victory. That's one of my favorite verses. I just love to think about that. Is that did that blow your mind? Is that kind of new for you? Jesus has won victories that no one else could win. And then he... Oh, he's the best because then he's, he who has won every victory turns to us and says, you want some victory? You want new life? You want victory over death? You want, you want to be filled with power and authority? And he gives all that he has to us. He's a good God. Somebody say, he's a good God. He's a good God. He's a good God. Oh, you're a good God, Jesus. It goes on. I, I'll just I'll try to hurry here. Second Corinthians one and three calls him the God of all comfort. Whatever you're going through, he has got the comfort that you need. He's the God of all comfort. Ephesians chapter. You uh, we have to say that means this, Jeremy. There are some things in life I would love to comfort you on, but I'm just not up to it. But God is. Jesus has the comfort for you. And so nobody should come into church and leave discomforted. Everybody should come into this church today and find the comfort of Jesus because he is the God of all comfort. All right, I'll move on, I'll move on, I'll move on. Here we go. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 6 tells us there's one God and he is the father of all who is over all, he's through all, and he's in all. He's all of those things. He is that father that is all. He is that spirit that is in all. And he is that Jesus who walked as a man through all. He is all. That's the one God. That's the one God. And he is father of all. First Peter chapter 5 verse 10. Peter calls him the God of all grace. If you want grace... You're not going to find it anywhere but God. Because he's the God of all grace. Nobody has any. He's got it. It's the God of all grace. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 21 through 23. One of my favorites. Far above 
all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in this present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and pointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is the body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Who are we talking about? We're talking about Jesus. I sometimes like to read that and go back to uh, the first word. How, how He's above. How much above? Can you go back to verse 21? How much is he above? Far. Far. Not just above. Not just a little bit. By a mile. By many, many miles. He is far above. How much, how much above authority is he? Far above. How, how much above power and dominion is he? Far above. I encourage you to encourage yourself just like that. Whatever it is you're going through, oh, he's far above. We're not just going to barely make it through this. We're going to make it by a mile. We're going to make it far above because that's who we're serving. And every name that is invoked, I like the King James a little bit here. It says, he's far above everything that's got a name. I like how it says that. If it's got a name, he's far above it. In fact, he's got a name that is what? Far above every other name. Oh, God is so good. In fact, that's our next verse, Philippians 2, 9. I'm preaching myself happy. I'm barely paying attention to the notes. Here they are. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every name, All the knees, your knee, my knee, the devil's knee, if they got knees, they're bowing in heaven and on earth and under the earth, verse 11, and every tongue, whose tongue? Your tongue? My tongue. The devil's tongue. Every tongue is going to confess going to acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. In that moment, he's going to literally be Lord of all to the glory of God the Father. In this moment, you're going to have a man, Jesus Christ, being exalted to that place. And and it is going to be revealed to us that everybody's going to know that that man's not just a man. He is that actual God come to us. And when you glorify Jesus Christ, it is glorifying God because he is God in the flesh, and he is above all, through all, and in all. Somebody say, Lord of all. all. We serve the Lord of all, all power, love, grace, mercy, all wisdom, all knowledge, all authority, comfort, and truth. We haven't even scratched the surface of what the Bible tells us about how all Jesus Christ is. All of it, all of it, not some of it. Not a little bit of it. He is Lord of all. Why then would we look anywhere else for something that we need? Why then would we ask anyone else instead of the one who does all things? Only Jesus can provide the all that you need. 
It's only Jesus. It is only him. I know that far too well. There are things that a hospital was not able to provide my family. We went to three hospitals. None of them could provide for our family. We took every medicine that we knew to take. We did it all. We did it all. But Jesus Christ, he provided all that we needed. And now we're all better and we thank God. I want to tell you that a drug can only give a temporary feeling. Only Jesus can give all the fulfillment that you're desiring. Materialism can only give you a false inflated sense of self-esteem. Only Jesus can give you all that you need to live abundant life. You can drive, you can dive into your local library and you can learn some facts. And I recommend that, I absolutely do. But only Jesus can provide you with all truth. The Lord of all provides all. Can you say that for me? The Lord of all provides all. Matthew eleven twenty eight. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. If you need rest, he provides all rest. Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of them who love him and have been called according to his purpose. God is able to take all the garbage of life and work it for good. Anybody ever experienced that? Oh, I'm telling you. Oh, I've experienced that so many times recently, all the time. Looking back over my life and and I look at where my life was, I see God took all that stuff and he just turned it around. He made it for his good and for my good. He provides all things. Romans 15 and 13 and 14 says this. That all hope and peace are in him. And all knowledge. 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. Therefore if any man be in Christ. He is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold all things are become new in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the love chapter, in verse 7, it tells us that love, it always protects. And love always trusts. And love always hopes. And love always perseveres. He's got a always kind of love, doesn't he? Yeah. Ephesians chapter 1 says, He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Hallelujah. Past tense. He's already done it. He has blessed us with all. Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4.19. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. James 1.17 says that every good and perfect gift. All the good and perfect gifts. They come straight From God, the God of all the lights, they come from him. First Peter 5, 7 says that you can cast all your care on him because he cares for you. First John 1 and 9 says that he is faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins, all our transgressions, all our all 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 of our unrighteousness, and he will cleanse us. From all of it. 
1 John chapter 1 verse 9 and Revelations 21 verse 4. This very same Jesus, one day he will walk up to us and he will take his hand. He will wipe away all of our tears. Every single one of them. I'm going to ask our music team to come. We're going to spend some more time worshiping him. Who, who thinks he's worship worthy of all tonight? As, as they're coming, I want to ask you, I want a little, little gut punch, all right? I love you guys, but here it is. Here's the gut punch, right? He is the Lord of all, but have we been treating him like the Lord of some? Is that kind of how we're treating him? We, we lifted up these, I mean, did you feel faith rise in this house yeah. when we we're doing that? Did you feel like he was exalted in this place? It's yeah. so good. But then do we kind of turn around and we're just full of fear? We're full of anger. We're full of unforgiveness. And all that he has for us, we, we don't take it. We, we're treating him not like the Lord of all, but the Lord of some. Do we just give God some praise? Do we just give him some glory? Do we just give him some of our heart, some of our mind, some of our strength? I want to tell you, here's my final point today. The Lord of all is worthy of all. He's worthy of all. He's worthy of all that you can give. He's worthy of all your praise. He's worthy of all your heart. He's worthy of all your mind and strength. He's worthy of more than we've given him. Do you have some... For more information about redemption, look us up online at redemption-church.com. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or even...